101.1. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Is the United States in a love-hate relationship with Israel? We'll look at two seemingly opposing stories to see if this is true. We'll also look into what I call the Potpourri Church. But does it have a fragrant offering of sacrifice to God or to the world? Pastor Mark will give it the scriptural sniff test as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly look at just some of the Bible prophecies that we find in the world's news for Friday, July 14th, 2023. And let our sponsor give your insurance policy the coverage sniff test. Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, can begin finding the right coverage for your needs. A personalized quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And you can listen to this or previous episodes, share them with your skeptical friends, or ask Pastor Mark your most pressing prophecy question by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same right on the Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that our inner voice never needs to take a breath, is Pastor Mark, who once had a job interviewer tell him his resume said he takes things too literally, to which he replied, when did my resume learn how to talk? Now, the problem is, that's how I think. Okay. That's, that's, that really is. Okay. No, that's, yeah, that's, if you knew me, you knew that a lot of things I take way too literally. And so, yeah, that's, that's a kind of a smile with a few words, not a smile. And beyond that, not an out loud that's cackle. Okay. You, you know, you, you don't... You don't have to give us the commentary on how you broke the job down. That's funny. Yeah, but I, you have no idea, though. You have no idea. See, when you said that, you didn't realize you opened up a can of worms in my brain. Because truly, truly, that's how my mind works. I mean, I, I just, I, I, um, I just, I take things so literally sometimes that it's a, uh, it's a little bit embarrassing. Now, now, if we had high tech <laughs> graphics going on in the video room, then we could have superimposed worms. Like a Tim Burton movie, yeah. you know, crawling out of your head. Yeah, head. yeah. Anyway, I, I won't okay. go into my to my uh, 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 areas there that I've done. But yeah, that's that's. You're right. I can see me failing that test because. Hey. But look, literal is good when it comes to the Bible. I'll be literal with the Bible because I believe the Bible is to be taken literally. Now so that's a good. Now speaking of literal, and yes. this this is you probably won't remember this, but do you remember years ago? And this was when the church was at the mansion. Yes. And we were going, I think, maybe to our first men's retreat that we were going to have. Right. And we drove up to some cabins, and there was a sign. And the sign said something, but you took it literally, and <laughs> I, I explained to you what it was, and you didn't... Okay, you don't remember. I don't, okay. I don't remember. I really don't. Because that, that, so that was my first indication that oh, you... Yeah. you yeah. yeah, you... T- and, and by the way, when he says mansion, <laughs> we, we didn't have like a lot of money for the church to have some rich place we were meeting. <laughs> no. For those listening, we had zero money. What happened was, the truth is, we had z- almost zero money, and somebody offered their extremely large home for us to meet in, so we, we refer to that affectionately now as the mansion, but if I, you said that, it sounds I like... I know. I, I never think of... When I say that, I don't yeah. think what people are going to think. I, yeah. know what, I know what it was yeah, but I was making sure they knew so okay anyway but all right uh, quite so, the intro yes quite the intro and don't forget the donate button because we really don't live in a, <laughs> yeah, right. in, a in a mansion all right, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my what a Friday okay yes. uh, let's go to Israel uh, the Jerusalem Post is talking about a threat to Iran the IDF and the US military are teaming up for a joint drill yeah I 
this can't be that we're on Israel's side. There's got to be more to this story. Well, no? We, yes? Yeah, you no, know, you're, you're right. Well, let me read this. Okay. The IDF and U.S. have started another joint drill, which is a not-so-veiled threat against Iran, the military announced on Monday. The statement about the IDF did not specifically mention the Islamic Republic by name, but mentioned training for situations where there could be conflict at a distance, <laughs> and often used code phrase for Iran, and noted the use of the KC-46 mid-air refueling aircraft. Mid-air refueling is not necessary for the IDF to strike Gaza and the West no. Bank, Lebanon, or Syria, but would be necessary for a potential strike on Tehran. Hmm. Last week, CENTCOM Air Force Chief Lieutenant uh, General Alexis Greenwich told the Jerusalem Post that participating in such joint drills was a clear way to message to Iran that the U.S. could still employ significant force in the Middle East despite downgrade of troops in various areas. In other words, we've gotten weak. But isn't that sad that our leaders have to say, look, we've gotten noticeably weaker, but don't think we're weak. Just because we've gotten noticeably weaker doesn't mean we're weak. We can still do some stuff, you know. The fact that we even say it that way is shocking and scary to me. But anyway, so yeah, what is going on? Look, we we as a nation right now, our, this current administration is not necessary. Well, they're not a friend to Israel at all. I think we all know that. Um, they're they're pretty much against Israel and and uh, against the Israel leadership right now. However, the U.S. has a historical relationship with Israel, so we still link up from time to time with these uh, military drills and these things. So we hadn't totally shut them off because there's politics involved. I think if just um, true desires were involved, Greg, there would be a complete shut off. But with politics and a lot of Americans and a lot of Jews that um, they don't want to offend in America. Uh, there's still that connection. But let's talk about what this means prophetically. Why would the U.S., because we do have strained relations with Israel, why would we be linking up in this particular area? It's because we see that it's in our interest as well. Okay, Iran is, I think, probably already has a nuclear weapon. Um, they may not have the ability to deliver it yet, but I, I, I kind of suspect they already do because they 10 years ago they were saying in two years they'll have one. Then eight years ago, they said in two years, they'll have one. Then six years ago, they said in two years, they'll have one. I mean, I think we got to pass that threshold. They just hadn't come out and said they have one. I can't prove that. I highly suspect it. And if not, we're right there. But Iran has always said first is uh, Israel, then America. If they want to destroy, they would try to do probably both at the same time. So obviously some of our leadership is going, you know what? They're, they are a real threat. And Russia has been helping them. Russia has been linking up with them. So it might be that Russia's either helped them develop the bomb or given them a delivery system, a missile that would reach where it needs to reach, like intercontinental, right. yeah, uh, to the U.S. or whatever. So America doing this, they're doing two things. One is they're saying just because we've gotten weak, don't think we're weak. So they want to make sure clear just because we're weak, don't think we're weak. Number one, that's the first point. Point made. Number two, um, you know, if we have to do something. You know, we better be kind of ready. And Israel's pushing this thing. We know that they're going to come for Israel first. So we would need to help Israel probably just to stop them from hitting America. So it's interesting to see me. What this says is behind the scenes militarily, uh, the Israeli uh, Defense Force and America recognizes we've got a real problem here and we better be ready if that problem decides to move. Now, what does that mean prophetically? Well, you could talk about judgment on America, et cetera, things like that. But I think more than that, we look at Ezekiel 38 and 39. Because if they have the ability to do real damage and they feel that they can do it, they will. And this may be further evidence that we're getting a lot closer to the Ezekiel 30. We know we're getting closer to Ezekiel 30 and 39 battle. But what it reveals is um, I don't think that the Israeli Defense Force or the U.S. military give Ezekiel 38 and 39 much credence. They probably pay no attention to it whatsoever. Um, And probably the U.S. military hasn't even heard of it. But... um, they know something's going on. We yeah. recognize the signs at the times. They're right. just looking at what's going on around the world. So yeah. this is interesting, Greg. The heat's turning up uh, again on this battle whenever it takes place. If you're in the budget office for the military and you believed in Ezekiel 38 and 39, then I would just tell everyone, hey, don't worry about doing these military exercises because Ezekiel tells us we're not, we and no one else is going to come to their defense. So let's save our money yeah. and not let's run, let's not run these exercises. Well, for Israel's sake, yes. But remember, for America's sake. No, I know. I know. Because yeah, I mean, but you they, know what I'm they, saying. Again, it's interesting, Greg. When you read the Ezekiel 30 and 39, I think it's, you know, you could make the argument that it's only speaking about the coastlands there on the Mediterranean and all that. But when you do read it, it says there will be fire in the coastlands. And and I, I, I read it just, we don't know what coastlands. We don't know. 
but some have have uh, speculated that could be referring to maybe at the same time that launch is is against Israel they launched something against the coastlands of America. Now that's just people saying that the Bible does not specify that. But when you see on the coastlands fire, some kind of you know it raises some prophetic eyebrows. Yeah, there's lots of things to factor into that because when it says that in Zechariah that you know all uh, Israel will, be, will become a stumbling stone to all the nations. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of gives you the indication that really no one is going to want to willfully come to her defense. Uh, but then you factor that in, and it's like, okay, well, does that also mean that even if a country wanted to come to her defense, they're too busy putting out their own fires, yeah. so they can't. We re- all we know, regardless of how it comes together, is that no one is going to come to her defense. Right. So God will be her defense, That's right. and so they will see that. So. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether we can or whether we want to. Yeah. We won't. And you know, Greg, God did it that way on yeah, purpose. It, on Obviously, purpose, He yes. wants them to know he's God. Yes. And look, nobody's going to defend you, but you know what? I'm going to. Watch what yeah. I do. Well, because it's all about his relationship with the Jews. It's That's about right. It's about dealing finally with this relationship with them and setting things straight, bringing in the final chastisement. That's what that whole seven-year uh, period is for. Um, it, but anyway... Well, it's know, just interesting. You know, it's interesting, Greg, too. You brought up a point about the fact that um, not, them not getting along or whatever. Uh, you know, if, if, it's interesting. You look at the history of the um, Arab community, and it goes beyond just Arab. The direct the Arabs are the direct descendants of Ishmael. Uh, but then you have many other people groups that, that are doing things as well. They infight so much, they can't really organize anything for a period of time together to, to attack Israel. Right. And God allows that to happen. You watch them, and they stay so much in turmoil and attacking themselves that they have trouble organizing anything to attack the nation of Israel, which is very interesting because, you know, the Israelis say that. If they could ever stop fighting each other, the the, the, the Arabs or the Muslims, he said, if they would stop fighting each other then you know, and they mobilized against us, we would have a much bigger problem. But the good news is they can't seem to do that. And it's interesting when you go back and read the prophecy about Ishmael, when God gave the prophecy of Ishmael. When he said, the sword will never leave your house. Well, that, that's, that was David. Oh, that was David. David's oh. sword never leave your oh. house. Now, I'm referring to when, when, they, when, Ab- when Abraham first had Ishmael oh, leave, oh, okay. he said this, you, your descendants will, you'll be a, will be a wild man. You'll be a wild man. Yeah. Well, look at them today. I mean, yeah. whenever you see something on the news, you know, again, they're not, I'm not saying all of them. Right. And I'm not saying they're always infighting. I'm saying there's this, there's this, God was prophesying this agitation that sits within the heart of, of, of that people group. Yeah. And it's hard for them to be settled. And so there's this constant, constant, you know, tension right. and fighting that's going on with periods of peace. And of course, you do have many peaceful peoples there, those that are not in that particular line, so to speak, or whatever. But I do find it interesting. And you look at what's going on. Right now in France, where they opened up the borders <laughs> and they allowed all of the um, uh, you know Muslim communities just to come in. And now look at France. Well, look at what's been happening in France since then. I mean, their their, their neighborhoods off and on ever so often are literally on fire. And now you see again this recent thing where they're saying they're talking about stopping immigration um, in either large way or altogether or, or making people leave because they're saying we're losing our country. Well, right. you, you did it. You did it. You opened up the, now. We're doing the same thing here, but right. we're much larger, so it's going to take longer to figure it out. The difference in France and America is this. France can figure it out quicker, they're smaller, and may have a chance to deal with it. America's not going to figure it out till way down the road. There's going to be so many here, we can't deal with it. At that point, it would just be inward collapse. So I believe France has a chance to survive, whereas America may not if this, if this same pattern continues. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you just open your borders and allow anybody to come in for any reason for all of the countries... I mean, all it takes is a little bit of planning by another country that wants to bring you down. Start sending in clandestine people that you want to put in different parts of the country. And over a period of time, you've built up a pretty good army that can rise up and attack from within whenever you decide to attack from without. doesn't take a genius to figure out. People just don't think that way because, oh, that never happened. We're so strong. We have nuclear weapons. Well, understand, if enough people come within the country... You're not going to launch a nuclear weapon on yourself. There you go. Which means if you have the army within the country and they attack... Well, you're kind of you, you, your your military doesn't help you because you, you can't start shooting your own neighborhoods and your own people. I mean, it's kind of like, wow, now what do we do? And that's the problem that America's facing and might even be, again, part of the demise that God uses if America doesn't repent to bring America down. Well, I just think it's a prophetic global issue. It's yeah. not an America issue. I mean, yeah. it, France is a is a uh, France, Germany. Yeah. Uh, is a, is another example of that, and in other countries that because the rhetoric in the world is to tear down the borders, 
Borders are there for a purpose. God gave borders for a purpose. He's God the one. gave right. he set the wall up. villages for That's a right. purpose. That's right. There is a purpose in those things, and yeah. it's not about being prejudiced. It's not about being hateful. It's about being wise and being able to protect yourself That's because right. you live in a fallen, evil world. The enemy knows this. So if he can put a spin on, well, you're just closed-minded, or you're just hateful because you don't want to let these people in, so we need to tear these borders down. Right. And all Okay, it's very insidious, but, but the enemy is crafty. Yeah. And so that's exactly what you see, and you see this globally. And so you see the, the political, the pressure of political correctness, because you don't want to appear, uh, because things have been, things that were, right have been labeled as wrong or has been labeled as hate things that are are filled with god's wisdom are labeled as hateful and so you well you don't want to appear to be hateful so now you discount or you disregard god's wisdom and what he's given you to do or the resources he's given you to use and now you're in the state that you're in that's right and again you know you, you nailed it borders and walls are something that god ordained and yeah. god put them in place and it's amazing to me how people can be manipulated because I can give a quick example of it and then we can, I guess, move on. Okay. But, um, at the border, if you don't let everyone in and just freely let them in, then you're unloving, as you said. But in somebody's home, if you just unlock your doors and let anybody come in, then, then everybody would have a fit. They say, you're crazy. You're not protecting your family. What's the difference? It's just small scale. Large yep. scale. We're saying anybody can come in that we don't know who it is and what they're doing by the droves, and they may hurt our families and our people, but we don't care if that's loving to let them do that. Well, then what's the difference in just leaving your doors open and letting anybody that wants to come in that you don't know just come into your house and do whatever? I think we would all fight that and say that's insane. Uh, there's no difference, and yet it's all manipulation of man. We're so easily manipulated. Boy, you got that right. We yeah. are like sheep who have all gone astray. Yeah. All right, let's come back to this country. To look at America, and really this story, Pastor Mark, dovetails nicely yeah. into the first story. This is from JNS.org. Uh, senators demand the U.S. administration reverse their anti-Semitic Israel boycott. Yeah, we talked about the fact that this administration is no friend to Israel. Well, no. this, this proves it. They're basically saying, you know, certain areas of Israel will not buy your products. And again, a group of U.S. Republican senators sent a letter on Tuesday to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken calling on the Biden administration to rescind its discriminatory guidance halting bilateral scientific and technological cooperation with Israeli entities operating in Judea and Samaria. Now, again, that's Israel. Judea and Samaria is ancient Israel. It is Israel. It's even it's in within the Israel proper today. But because of politics and trying to say that this is Palestine or whatever, um, they they don't want to acknowledge it. Which, as we spoke on Wednesday night, there has never historically ever been a state or nation of Palestine. If our listeners don't know that, if you look it up, um, Hadrian called the land Palestine because he hated the Jews in the 100s, but it was still Israel. There's never been a Palestine in world history, and yet because it was called that. The name stuck. People in that region call themselves Palestinians. I get it. That's what they're saying. But they try to use that as a reason why they can't acknowledge Judea and Samaria because it's Palestine. No, there's never been a Palestine. Judea and Samaria has been around thousands of years. The administration late last month issued the directive applying to the areas Israel captured in its defensive 1967 Six-Day War. And I will exemplify or magnify the word defensive. They weren't attacking. They were defending themselves. The guidance does this, uh, does something America has never done before. He said, unilaterally impose territorial restrictions on U.S. scientific research aid to Israel, wrote the senators in the letter, or those senators, not he, but those senators. Decades ago, the U.S. and Israeli bilateral agreed to such limits against the backdrop of unique regional conditions. But in 2020, both sides rescinded and rejected them as discriminatory. The new guidance, as written, constitutes an anti-Semitic boycott of Israel, they wrote. And it's true, it does. The American people in Congress broadly and deeply oppose boycott efforts against Israel, which have been repeatedly defined in U.S. law as efforts to limit commerce with persons doing business in any territories controlled by Israel. Now, Greg, this goes right back. It's not just, look, our, this is happening at the highest levels of government. But we have people like Ben and Jerry's and all these companies that are saying we're not going to we're not going to work with the Jews. We don't like them. We're not going to and they're they're boycotting. It's this whole it's this anti-Israel boycott 
It's because they don't like the Jews and they don't like Israel. And so it's, 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 it's among a lot of our businesses, our companies. Now the government's getting involved. And it still amazes me that we have so many Jewish people involved in all these entities that go along with it. I'm like, why are you fighting against your own people? I guarantee you, the Jews are so influential in America and in politics that if they stood against this nonsense, it would stop tomorrow. Look, we're cutting our money off if you don't stop attacking Israel. It would stop tomorrow because they want the money. But, Greg, they go along in their own demise. It reminds me of the prophets with Jeremiah and Ezekiel saying, why God's saying to the prophets, why are you destroying yourselves? Stop destroying yourself. You're doing this to yourself. They're doing it to themselves right now from America. Isn't it in Deuteronomy? I don't remember if it's chapter 9 or chapter 13 when uh, God had... uh, told uh, told the Jews you know you're going to go into the land and and you're going to take this land right but it, it's not because you're going to take this land because you're righteous right it's because they're evil you, and you're a stiff-necked people right i mean god started off right and you're you're a stiff-necked people right the stiff-neckedness of the Jews knows no border it, it really is shocking and, and we're, by the way we're not anti no uh, no jewish by saying that we love the jews we yeah love absolutely Israel. we stand with them as god does but they are stubborn people they are and that's really what the whole testament is littered with is stories of their stiff neckness in other words their rebellion or their refusal to do what god had asked them to do yeah, and absolutely. so it's like eons of time full of prophets that god sends to uh, perform theater for them to show them you know this is what's going to happen to you or outright tell them this is what's going to happen to you none of that has changed right yeah so basically to their own demise to their own hurt to their own detriment they do things that hurt them and whether in this case it means going along with the hate out there that's really hatred towards you, but you're so stiff-necked or so blind, you can't even see that the hate's really for you. You think because you stand behind an American flag that somehow you're shielded from the hate that yeah. you're allowing to go over there to Israel? No. The hate's for you, too, yeah. and it won't take long for that flag to get removed, and they will see you. Well, They're it, not going to see you as an American. They're not going to see you as an American senator or an right. American whatever. Yeah. They're going to see you as a Jew, and their hatred is going to come through. Yes, and of course, we're not saying that all Jews are this way. No. We're saying as a but people those, group, but historically, those, they yes. have been stiff-necked. And Greg, you're right. Here's what happens historically. You stand with the enemy, and you think you're doing good, but eventually <laughs> the enemy is going to turn on you, which really leads into our next article. Fantastic. Well, then, I think, if you, I'm going in the right I, order. I think so. I think so. Look at you, hey, doing radio segues. Uh, That's I fantastic. Leave, I, should, I should leave. You should be over here. You, but you should be over here. No, no, no. I just I took a chance on one. No, no, it's right in my face. It's right in my face. There well, it is. you know, here's the thing, Pastor Mark. It's right in their face, and they can't even see it. That's right. That's right. So let's tell them. Okay, uh, this is from Israel Today. It's called Exodus Number Two. Yeah, that's all it says, and that's all you need to know. Yes, the second exodus, and that's exactly what we were just talking about before, Yes, and that is that God's going to turn the heat up, the Bible says, in the last days on the Jews all over the world, where everybody will turn on them, so that those who don't willingly come back to Israel will be driven back to Israel, and the Bible says that. Let's read this article. Much of the shocking rise in worldwide anti-Semitism that is behind this mass exodus has been witnessed by Dr. Fred Wright. A British, you know, think about it, his whole life, he's been right. <laughs> a British historian and theologian who has been working to facilitate Aliyah, returning to the ancient land for persecuted Jews around the globe ever since the days of the former Soviet Union. He is currently serving as director of communications for Ezra UK. And I quote, the Jewish people have the distinction of being the most opposed and vilified group in history from the time of, ri- of written record, he said. Esteemed historian Robert Wistrich Labeled it as the world's longest hatred. So this is um, long hatred. You know, talking about long COVID, this is long hatred. (laughs) Anti-Defamation League research shows that classic anti-Semitism is emerging again in the American society. Now, Greg, this article is a little bit more, but I've got a list. Yeah, yeah. There's around 6 million Jews now. They're saying 
um, in in in, in, in Anti Defamation League of the American Society around six million Jews. The question arises as to what their future is within and without the U.S., especially in view of the rising Muslim anti-Semitism, with Jewish leaders previously indifferent to the lie now encouraging their followers to leave. So the Muslims are turning up the heat in America on the Jews. America's turning up the heat of the Jews in America, but it goes on notice in Europe. Meanwhile. We are witnessing the beginning of the end of Jewish history there. According to former Soviet Natan Sharansky, the Berlin-based correspondent of Israel's largest newspaper revealed that the Jewish population in Europe has decreased by 60% in the last 50 years. They're moving to Israel. Here's another one. Russia and Ukrainian rabbis have called on all Jews to leave war-torn countries before they're made scapegoats for the hardship caused by the conflict. Mm, If you don't get out of there now, you're going to be like Hitler. Get out of there. Samuel Hayek, a U.K. resident for over 40 years, chairman of the Jewish National Fund and renowned philanthropist, has also sadly remarked that Jews have no future in Britain either. Where 1,652 anti-Jewish hate incidents were recorded nationwide in 2022. Notice, each of these nations are saying, Jews, you're getting hated, you're getting hated, you're going to have to get out of here. Holland's Jewish community, again, another one, have been advised to immigrate to avoid increasing harassment by young Muslim fanatics. And lastly, France, the scene of much chaotic rebellion in recent days, has been filled with Muslims again has a sh- because of all the immigration, has a shadowy history, it says, of anti-Semitism, and is concluding there's no future for Jews in Europe at all. So listen what's happening. All over the globe, even in America, which has been their greatest friend since they've been a nation, heat's turning up on the Jews, Greg, and, and God said this, in the last days, I will call you back. Now, Many of the Jews in the first wave, they responded to the call of God and they moved back from all over the world. Now you have the nation of Israel. Millions have moved back. But there are many other millions in America and other places who are saying, no, we're happy here. We're going to stay put. And God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you so miserable where you are. I will not only call you back, I will drive you back. And Greg, the driving, I believe, has begun. Last day's sign. So that's from the book of Joel, correct? Oh, I'd have to look. I'm sorry, I didn't put the scripture in front of me. Okay. I'd have to look, but I do know that it's more than Joel. If it's in Joel, it's in, in several It's either Joel or areas, Amos. But maybe in both. One, one of the two. It's in more than the, one. The it's ta- in more than the, one. That basically says, when I bring you back into the land, you will not be removed. Okay, and that, yeah, now, that's a different one. That's just saying once they're there, they'll stay. I'm talking yeah. about the fact that he's going to drive them R- there. Okay. Yes. Well, I guess my, my question is, is that we... We know that God allowed the atrocities of World War II to fulfill that prophecy. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is the, the, the heat that's being turned up in these latter days, and this is you know a few generations since World War II, right? It, he's using this worldwide hatred that's also prophesied again in Zechariah right. that eventually the Jews will become a stumbling stone to all the nations. Right. And World War II, that was not the case. Right. That, that was right. That wasn't the case. No, America was with them. Others were with them. So basically, is is this just a continuation of that prophecy? Yes, I is do this, believe. Okay. Yes, and so remember... So this is not, not necessarily two separate, even though, even though there's two things that talk about the overall return of the Jews right. in Zechariah and then in Joel and Amos, I right. think. But... No, you're right, Greg, okay. and that's a good for our listeners to give an yeah. overview of how prophecy works. I know you know this, but for them to be reminded, prophecy is this ever-grinding machine that's going to this culmination that's moving slowly. And, and throughout time, as we get closer to it, you'll see this part of it will rise up, but it's not time yet. And it'll kind of fight, go back down. Then this part will rise up. It's not time yet. It kind of goes back down. And they all keep marching forward, marching forward until finally the Jews he wants to have back will all be there. Finally, all these other things will be in place. You, you're watching the world government forum right now. You're watching the world economy forum right yeah. now. They're not there yet, but yeah. you're watching and you'll see these swells of it, almost like, again, like yeah. contractions. Yeah. Woman in birth pains yeah. kind of die back down. Here's what we're seeing, again, right now, new contractions of driving the Jews back. Those who won't go on their own, God says, I'll get you there. I'm going to drive you back. Because basically what they're saying is, it's the only place I can be safe. And when these news stories end up showing up in the unbelieving world's news, like what you just chronicled right there, that really shows you how far along these prophecies are when the world finally pays attention. That's right. We've been paying attention. We've been talking about it 
uh, about this uh, move back, this aliyah uh, of the Jews back to Israel for quite some time, and talking about stories that have documented this. Yeah. But now the world is finally paying attention. Well, and the di- you're right. But the difference is the world doesn't know why. The world no, just, exactly. All they're doing is documenting yeah. they're being driven back. They yeah, they don't know why. Prophetically, we know God yeah. said, "I will drive you yeah. back because you're not going to yeah. come on your own. I'm going to make yeah. you go back, and then He's going to bring His nation together, and then He'll protect them, yeah. and then." The Antichrist and the the mess and there it goes. Well, you know, uh, my brain went to Isaiah seventeen when you when you talked about some of these prophecies that swell up and you yeah. think oh, and then and then it goes back down. Yeah, the and Damascus I think about destruction. The, think about the destruction of Damascus right. and when the civil war started in Syria and we yeah. and we were like you know grabbing onto our Isaiah seventeen chairs like here it's yeah. gonna, it's coming it's coming and it didn't and right. it's like but that was a good lesson for all of us to see okay there's ebbs and flows that's right. And that's why I encourage our listeners, yeah. I encourage you again today, don't grow prophetically weary, because what happens is you'll see these little contractions, you'll see these little things happen, and because it doesn't go all the way to fruition at that moment, then you say, oh, okay, well, it's not going to happen. No, it's <laughs> going to happen. All these things, God has been 100% accurate up to this point on everything prophetic. He's not going to miss now, but God's timetable is not our timetable. We have to recognize it, we have to watch it. Yes, we can get a little bit excited, but we also have to keep the brakes on and go, all right, is this the time? I don't know. But at some point, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who's helping us make sense of the signs of the times. It's our weekly take on Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAMLP Knoxville, a weekly live broadcast that we have tagged as podcast number 270, available through all of your popular podcast outlets. And now, it's time for pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. And this is from MSN.com. Florida ocean temperatures at downright shocking levels. Yeah, now you're going to see more of this kind of stuff coming from the liberal side of media, which is pretty much all of it. All of it. Except what you find online. Um, Because, again, this whole uh, climate change agenda is going to be pushed more and more and more. Let me read some of this. I'm not saying that some of this is not accurate with ocean temperatures or whatever. I'm not denying the reality of things, if indeed they've gone down there and truly But its it. cause is not what they think. Exactly. The cause is not what they think, and it's going to be used, I will say, on the earth, politically, and oh, I'll say oh, totally. in, in the heavenlies, spiritually, as the demonic realm gets ready for this agenda to bring the world together for this one world leader. But let me read some of this. It says, not only in Florida... Uh, sizzling, not only is Florida sizzling in record crushing heat, but the ocean waters that surround it are scorching as well, they say. The unprecedented ocean warmth around the state, connected to historically warm oceans worldwide, is further intensifying its heat wave and stressing coral reefs with conditions that can end up strengthening hurricanes. Much of Florida is seeing its warmest year on record, with temperatures running three to five degrees above normal. The toasty waters are influencing temperatures on land by raising the humidity, which makes it harder for the temperatures to cool off at night. Numerous records for temperatures and heat indexes have been broken since mid-June, and the heat wave is expected to continue for at least a week. According to McNoldy, Miami's heat index soared to 110 degrees on Monday and has reached at least 100 on 30 straight days. Hurricane forecasters have recently upped their predictions for the season in response to the rising temperatures. Now, again, I'm not denying... Any temperatures or anything scientific, that's not the point here. What I'm saying is, watch these kind of articles as we move forward, because here's what's happening. Spiritually and politically, climate change is being used to get the world ready for this one world government, for the Antichrist. All this is being pushed in that direction in a very noticeable way. Well, it's, 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 I, I don't know, Pastor Mark, I don't know that it's not, it's so much getting the world ready for him, but it's, getting the world ready to be united as one. I mean, this is this is the world's religion. This is what's unifying the unbelieving world together to move in lockstep. Right. Is is this quote unquote climate change. Yeah. Now the Antichrist is going to hop on, you know, the train uh once it's all the cars are connected and the engines there and he's going to be the conductor. Yeah. Uh you know in in the engineer and driving it. But, I mean, right now we're just seeing the cars on the train track all coming together. Yes, it, we really are, Greg. And so I want to point something out. I know we don't have this article, but okay. this is from the Climate Depot, and it's it's out of London. Uh, this is June 28th. Uh, but listen to what King Charles did. King Charles activated a climate clock. <laughs> and, and on the climate clock... Is that clock, Al Gore's doomsday clock? Well, this is, yeah, similar, I guess. Okay. He gave it six years and 24 days 
until we're go, until we've gone too far. Now, again, I want to point this out. We talked about. I'm just going to say it briefly because yes, we don't have our articles I in know. place today. Yes. But remember, this whole 2030 agenda is being pushed, 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 pushed. Isn't it interesting that we have six years and a certain number of days until we get to 2030? Maybe there's something right before 2030 that he's given because it's a little bit short. I don't know. But you're going to be watching the news. The 2030 is going to be the doomsday that if we don't have everybody with their – nobody's driving a car, all your gas stoves are gone, all your air conditioning's gone, all your blah, 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 you can't eat any more meat, blah, blah, blah. By that date, we're all going to die. There's something going on here with the world. Now, we'll see if the world's lined up with Satan and the Antichrist or not. And I'm not saying 2030 is the year the Antichrist is going to do something. I'm saying, so don't please don't misquote That's me That's what they're pushing. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm saying they're pushing that, which I do see that as significant in what the enemy is doing in world leaders. Let's see where this leads. But I find it ridiculous. Yeah. Six years and 24 days. I mean, why couldn't it be six years and 23 days, six years and 25 days? Why is it six years and 24 days? Greg, there's a date on their calendar yeah. that they're shooting for for world change, which means yeah. over the next six years plus, yeah. you're going to see a lot of radical things taking place by world leaders on a timetable to get us to a certain place by 2030. Yeah. Keep your eye on it. It is to manipulate the world and mankind. Uh, there, there will be a day that these prophecies that we talk about will happen. They will transact. Absolutely. Okay. But I think it's the pride of man, Pastor Mark. Yeah, that uh, cannot, especially the pride of fallen man, uh, unsaved man, I should say. Yeah, that that cannot possibly stand before the people and guess. Yeah, this guy's a world leader. Yeah, you know, or at least he thinks he's a world leader. And the fact that people look to him as a leader, even though he doesn't have any government pull, but right, you know, he's got to be exacting. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, who's going to believe him? Yeah. If he comes out and says, well, you know, we kind of think in maybe about eight or nine years or so or six or seven, you know, we're not too sure. But 24 days. I, I, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but I, I just I just think I just think that that's the pride that drives to be that yeah. specific. Or he's got people in his ear that, you know, have said, well, we you know we've calculated and it means that it's going to happen. I mean, you just never know. It's just I'm telling you, it's again, it's over the top. But keep your eye on these guys because there's going to be an increasing push yeah. the climate change yeah. is going to be used yeah. and it's going to go through this 2030 summit that's coming yeah. up that's the goal yeah. that everything shuts down by that day and i don't know why but that's their goal every prediction that man has made has not come to pass oh that's right they've had these already there was supposed to be, be, be greta, what? greta thunberg or whatever her name is al well, gore uh, harold camping even about the lord's just name it yeah. And man has failed. Well, here it says here, but previously he already issued a 35-year tipping point warning, an 18-month tipping point warning, and a 10-year tipping point warning. And there, this is just secular news. He already gave the warnings. So he already missed those, but now he's got a six-year 24. And so, um, anyway. Well, we know more now than what we did before. So that's, yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. All right, Fox News. It's a different climate. Yes, it is. It's a different climate we live that's in. That's right. That's right. All right, Fox News. Wait, I've got some climate change if you need any. Do you? Yeah, I, I, I right can here. use some. I just here's an extra quarter yeah, because right. they're not taking cash anymore. Okay, so. all right. So okay. hopefully it won't take climate change any, yeah. much longer. It have to all be done digital. <laughs> digital. Oh, uh, you, you know to... what would have been good is if I could have snorted and laughed because then that would have been a great segue into our next story. All right, let's do it. All right, Fox News. Go. Snorting kits for drug users oh my. to be distributed important. Now, listen to this. Despite the Democratic mayor's opposition. Yeah, and you know what? The, good for him. I think he had to do this. I don't know how. I don't know this mayor. Maybe he really is a good man. Uh, but probably politically, this is so outrageous. He had to say something or it would destroy any Republican vote he could ever get. But guys, just that headline should make you shudder. This is how far down the road we have gotten. We have gotten so wicked and so evil as in a society that we're accepting open abuse of children. We're even denying the whole sex trafficking thing. We're enabling it. We're making it happen. A snorting kit, give me a break. Listen to this. Snorting kits for drug users will soon be distributed in Portland, Oregon. Portland is leading the way on everything. You know, the, Boy, they sure the Bible are. talks about the throne of, of, of Satan. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's important. Portland, I don't think he is, but I'll tell you what. There, Portland is a, is a, is a, a corrupt, it's evil a, city. It would not be surprise, surprising if we could pull back the curtain and see the spiritual world yeah. to see a demon sitting over. Oh, listen, I guarantee you, there is greater demonic activity going on, Greg, in Portland. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And its, it's surrounding counties are part of a harmful reduction plan. They could, listen, they call it a harm reduction plan. 
This is such a lie. I hate when they take these phrases and make it the opposite of what it really is. Everything that man comes up with to make it sound good is exact opposite. Affordable Care Act. This is the harm production plan. Yes. um, That, of course, the the, the city's Democratic mayor opposes. The Multnomah County Health Department announced the Friday plan and said it will expand available drug paraphernalia for users to adjust for alternative methods of fentanyl. Or fentanyl, they say fentanyl, if it's fentanyl, fentanyl, use beyond injection. This will include tin foil, straws, and snorting kits. They're basically saying, here, take the drugs, we're going to help you take them. Drug overdoses in the U.S. hit more than 100,000 in 2022. The first time in history it will hit six figures. The overdoses spiked amid the COVID-19 pandemic, going from 71,000 in 2019 to more than 90,000 in 2020, and of course over 100,000 in 2022. Listen to this. You're helping them do it. Stop. Snorting kits have been distributed in different cities by harm reduction groups in recent years. The kits often include, as we said, straw, plastic razor, and flat surface to assist the drug you to assist drug use through the nostril. My my mind went back to the story that you shared with Yuval Noah Harari. Yeah. And where he, and matter of fact, I think we even played the audio of this interview where he talked about, you know, what their plan was. And that's basically to keep the, uh, I don't remember what he called the people that are useless eaters, the, the useless eaters drugged up uh, to keep them drugged up and yeah. on video games. Yeah, and exactly so, right. and, and so what I'm seeing is now, now here's the thing. This would not surprise me if those in Portland, just like the governor in California and others have a connection to be a disciple of Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see a tie there because this fits in with exactly what Yuval Noah Harari said. That's right. Exactly. It does. I mean, it's it's the whole thing is like um, you see the tie together. That's why you have to see it's much larger. This is by the demonic realm that's tying this yes. together. You couldn't get the whole world together no. like this. But, Greg, it's interesting. Remember, signs of the times, drug use and the lack of repentance of it. I want to read Pharmacia. again. Out of, I want to read. That's right. I want to read again out of Revelation 9, starting in verse 20, and read just a couple of verses. But the, when God's here's the setting. God is bringing the plagues to bring them to repentance. That's the purpose. That is bringing in plagues on the earth, chastisement to get their attention so they can go to heaven. Another chance. Another chance. Here's what it says, verse 20. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons. That is, and here it is, idols of gold, silver, brass, and stone, and wood. Again, we're talking about the demonic realm behind all these things that we worship, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or thefts. Now, literally the word sorcery there is the word pharmakia, which is where we get pharmacy. Now let me read it with the literal interpretation okay. of, of drugs. Yes. Okay? It says, and they did not repent of their murders or their drug abuse or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And, and so here's what's happening. Who would have believed that the governments of the world, the governments of America, would promote drug abuse for the next generation. That's exactly what's happening. It is sorcery. And why does God refer to pharmakia? And why does the word switch to pharmakia and sorcery back and forth and have that meaning intrinsically in it? In the, it because drug use is connected intrinsically to the demonic realm. So you're seeing the demonic activity through drug use, and you're seeing these officials in our nation promoting it, yeah. giving them drug kits and saying, now, you, get, you kids yeah. go and have fun, be, by, be home by 10. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. Uh, I, I think it also speaks to the understanding that we are, yes, we're in physical bodies, but we are spirit beings. The Bible tells us that there is a spiritual battle that goes on. There's a spirit world that we that's all around us, but we can't see. Right. God has given us cloaking devices yeah. that are intrinsic to our, our, our makeup, how we are, how he's birthed us in these bodies. Right. We, these are his creation. 
And when we do things, listen, you ever think of when you go to, if you've seen the liquor stores, why does it say wine and spirits? There's a reason for that. Because when you do things to your body that brings down the defenses or the walls or the barriers or the curtains that God has installed, and do we understand how all that works? No, because we are not, not just body, but we're soul and spirit as well but somehow those veils get removed and then the influence of the demonic realm on someone's soul Mm -hmm. on someone's person is that much more affected yeah absolutely absolutely again the drug it's a door to the demonic realm it's a further influence of the demonic realm in mankind in the last days and it's sad because when our leadership is is not only going along with they're promoting it and paying for it they're helping kill our children yeah all right, Pastor Mark, foxnews.com, the CDC gives guidance for trans people, quote-unquote, chest-feeding kids accused of failing to consider the possible health risks. What on earth is all this about? We have gotten so twisted, Greg, that we are just denying reality to the highest level. Our leading government institutions like CDC, they're saying, look, uh, it could be that a man is really a woman, and if he's really a woman, he needs to know how to chest-feed, and they can't call it breastfeeding. Oh they can't call it breastfeeding because he has no breasts. And there's these artificial chemicals they're trying to actually give to men who to try to stimulate add breasts to cause or- some type of fluid. I mean, this is getting really... Let me read some of this. It is so disturbing and so evil the pride and, wrong. and rebellion of man the centers for disease control and prevention's official website published advice for trans and non-binary individuals on seeking guidance on how to chest feed their infants in sections of the major health institute guidance on breastfeeding it contained information for those who have had much of their breasts removed in gender reassignment surgery now again this might only be referring to women who have tried to remove their breasts but they still want to feed their mm, children okay or well it goes on i'm sorry i read this and i'm just remembering it as i read it again <laughs> or for biological Logical men taking hormones to grow prints. It's for both. Those who may reduce. Yes. So men or women both. If yes. you're a chest feeder. Yes. All right. On how to feed their newborn children. Yes. However, several doctors criticized the guidance, not simply because the CDC has appeared to guide biological men in how to breastfeed children, but because they claim the CDC has failed to gauge the risks posed to children drinking milk produced by chemicals used to reassign gender assignment medical operations. This is fake milk, in other words, that you're saying you're, gonna, you're trying to teach men how to give fake milk to children. What's this going to do to these babies? It's so angering and just infuriating, and, and it's not only evil, it's infuriating. In the CDC's website section on health equity considerations, in other words, or, or reality denial, it says in quotes, <laughs> found under its infant and young child feeding toolkit, the center declared transgender and non-binary gendered individuals may give birth and breastfeed or feed at the chest, chest feed. It also stated that the gender identity or expression of transgender individuals is different from their sex at birth and that the gender identity or non-binary gendered individual does not fit uh, neatly into either man or woman. Under the CDC's website section on breastfeeding, specifically an entry uh, covering breastfeeding for those who have undergone breast surgery, the institute mentioned chest feeding a great i just want to read something look out of romans chapter one yes how in the world could man get so blind you know i remember growing up and you see these things they do in other countries and you read about the way they used to uh, worship and do things in ancient cultures that that could never happen again we have we have so advanced beyond that we are in such denial and deceived mankind is easily manipulated without god mankind is easily deceived without god and here goes just a glaring example a man cannot breastfeed all right, men are men, women are women. That's just the truth. And listen to what it says in Romans chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 18, because this describes what happened, what's going on. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is made known in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, the unbeliever, are without excuse, because although they knew God, recognized him through all these things we just read, they did not glorify him as God, and nor were they thankful to God, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's the people we're reading about right here, okay? Professing to be wise, they became fools. 
I can't think of a better description of the CDC and the WHO right now. I mean, it is absolute insanity. It is a denial of reality. And it shows you how blind man can be without God. We think we're so smart. For anybody that has the arrogance, we're so smart. We got the whatever. We are actually not smart at all. We're rather dumb without God. Satan can manipulate us. You know, I think about it, Greg, like, you know, taking a flashlight into some jungle in the deepest jungle where they've never seen anything electronic or battery powered and turning a light on and watching the tribe people, you know, back up and think you're a God. They're going to bow. Here's a light stick, you know, whatever, this kind of thing, right? And, we, and we're going, oh my goodness, it's just like a piece of metal with two batteries in it. And it's got a lot on the front. That's what Satan does to mankind. Those who don't believe in God and don't understand the demonic realm. All he has to do is show up and shine a little supernatural light of some kind because they don't believe in the demonic realm. They don't believe in this stuff. And they've got these world leaders believing these ridiculous things that men can be women, that women can be men, that all these things. And once you open that door, I mean, look at where it goes. It is total perversion and just goes to things you can't believe. For those of us that our eyes are opened... We look at it and we're just like, I cannot believe anybody would honestly say a man could do this. What is wrong with you? And then, but Greg, when you're that blinded by the enemy, you truly can't see it. It is amazingly spiritual and shocking. Especially for those that are in the medical community that are helping to promote this. Yeah. You know, when you see stories like this, it really gives you the depth of the, of the definition of what the Bible says that you never thought that you would see, but yet... When you read what the Bible talks about, the rebellious nature of man, that sinfulness, that pride, that rebellion, it just makes me think, wow, now I can appreciate where you've got the gnashers of teeth. Yeah, yeah. And now you understand why there's such rebellion. There is no way I'm going by God's design. I'm going to prove all of you wrong. A man can be a woman. A man can give birth. A man can breastfeed. And we are going to stop at nothing to get that. And you can just, you can just, can you not hear the gnashing of the teeth? You really can. I mean, again, I just, it's, it's really, it's really shocking, and I just, I, as I reminded our people here recently in one of our services, it might have been Wednesday night. Aren't you glad that the Lord's taking His brought out of here before this gets Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. gets too, you know, gets Amen. too bad because yeah. again, it, it's 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 so much now that it uh, there is no, you know, where's the point of return? I, I I don't know, Greg. I mean, we're at the point of no return. It looks like, and yeah. we'll see what God's got planned. I'm excited about the kingdom. Yes. I'm excited about all those that get saved, but for those that are making up their mind and choosing to live in Nashville. I like that. There's Very good. No, yes. Come on, Nashville's not a bad yes. place. G N A S H. Yeah, it's a different spelling. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 for our listeners, <laughs> I, I'm not against Nashville. That was just an obvious pun on pun joke. But either way, for those who have made up their mind, they're going to hate God. They're going to hate those yeah. who believe God's word and just and just reject the truth of God. This is inspired by Satan, Greg. Because remember, Satan hates God. Whatever God created, he wants to dismantle. Okay, God says there's a man and woman. Oh, no, there's not. There's all this. There's all that. God says, be fruitful and multiply. Oh, no, don't do that. You'll ruin the planet. God says, I'm going to keep the planet in control. Colossians 6, I'm going to hold all things together until I come back. Oh, no, you're not. The climate is going to change so much. We're all going to die. Anything God says, he goes the opposite direction because he hates God, and he's gnashing his teeth at God. Yep. And these people are simply living out who their father is in, by their actions. Yep. But we're living out who our father is by ours. Amen. So let's go to church. Let's do it. I don't know that we want to go to these churches. I'm not too sure. You tell me, Pastor Mark. This is from Christianity Today. Non-denominational churches are growing and multiplying, but what kind of churches are these? Well, they don't really tell us necessarily what kind they are, so Greg, this could be great. Um, I think really what you're seeing is the phenomenon of people saying, I'm I'm tired of being locked in a box, and they're seeing freedom in the non-denominational. So so non-denominational is a good thing. Uh, I'm not saying that that denominations are bad. I'm not saying that. I I think God uses both. But I'm saying you're seeing growing non-denominational because people are saying, I want to break outside of the box of just my little group. The strength of being non-denominational, the article says, is is there for fewer barriers. or or, Because it has fewer barriers, said Aaron Graham, who planted the church with his wife, Amy, 13 years ago. It allows you to leave with a brand that is more city-focused and seeker-focused. Well, you're right. There's not necessarily good to be seeker focused. It really needs to be more God focused. Yeah. So I see what you meant when you made your comment. But but again, non denominationals are good. I'm not sure where this one's coming from. So either way, he says we responded to the questions people are asking. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in the Bible? Do you believe in God? Is it work in the world today? 
Non-denominational churches like the district church have been multiplying across America according to the 2020 U.S. religion census. Their numbers today dwarf the mainline churches that once dominated American public life. But the most surprising growth of non-denominational churches may be in the nation's capital. Now, this is encouraging to me, Greg. Listen to where they're growing in, in Washington. Okay. The city, sometimes dismissed as the swamp, has proven mm. in recent years to be fertile ground for non-denominational church growth. Now, I don't know if that's because people are, again, that kind of makes sense, though, political. I can't stand with any one group or you won't vote for me. So maybe it's not as encouraging <laughs> as I thought. But let me go on. Uh, between 2010 uh, and 2020, the number of these independent congregations in D.C. more than doubled from 61 to 145. Yeah, I was encouraged because you're seeing uh, more churches being accepted in Washington. But when I think about the atmosphere of politics, it may not be as encouraging as I thought. But either way, no, non-denominational churches are great. And denominational churches can be great as well. It just depends on the pastor and the church and their beliefs. But um, anywhere that churches are growing is encouraging to me. So I'm glad to hear that there are more churches popping up in a place that needs churches more than anywhere in the country, and that is Washington, D.C. So that's some good news in that story, regardless of the other stuff. Yeah, as long as they are teaching the Word of God. There you go. There uh, you go. Because the Word of God is what's living and powerful well, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really where the change is going to be affected. It's yeah. not through programs, but it's it's through and I, Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're yeah. looking for a non-denominational church, don't seek one out that's a seeker-friendly. They, they mention they're seeker-friendly. I want to say this. Look, we're not to be seeker-friendly. We're to be God-friendly. We're to be spirit-friendly. And then we're just to share and teach the Word of God and then let God draw people as He does. The problem with the seeker-friendly approach is, is you will, you'll, you'll tend to compromise and bend the church to make the unbeliever happy so they'll come to church. Jesus never bent the truth of God to make the unbeliever happy. Jesus said it the way it was, and they either stayed with Him or they walked away. And when they walked away, He didn't chase them with a free bicycle. He said, you know what? If you're with me, you're with me. If you're not, you're not. So I think there's a danger in just trying to please the people. The church is yeah. not called to entertain the sheep yeah. or to please the sheep, yeah. to please or entertain the yeah. goats yeah. or please the goats. The church is called to feed the sheep, yeah. and then God takes care of the goats yeah. and brings them into the flock. We're, we're, we're not there to comfort people in their sins That's right. and to keep them comfortable in their sins, That's right. but to let the word of God transform them so they're not sinning anymore. That's so, right. That's anyway. right. That's All right. exactly right. This is good news. This is good news. Really good news. Really good news. Uh, This is a poll from ChristianHeadlines.com. Most Americans raised by Christian moms are still Christians today. So basically, we've got a lot of Deborahs. I love this. This yeah. just well, it really proves Scripture again. Proverbs twenty two six: Raise up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't you know um, they, they won't wander away. The large majority of children who grow up with a Christian mom remain Christian as adults. According to a new research from the American Bible Society um, that also shows faith has more staying power among kids than atheism. The research part of society's state of the Bible report found that 73% of children who grew up Protestant remained either Protestant or other Christian as adults. 4% are now Catholic. 19% say they identify as atheist, agnostic, or none. A well-known proverb offers the, uh, this expectation. Again, train up a child the way that he should go, and when they're old, they will not, they will not depart. Proverbs 22.6. This verse has has challenged and comforted many Christian mothers and fathers through the years, the report says. The new data on moms bears out the verse, uh, the report says, it bears it out. And I quote, Christian history is well populated with faithful mothers. The report said, the Bible tells of Timothy's faith being influenced by his mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. Bishop Augustine uh, recognized the the powerful prayers of his mother, Monica. Reformers John and Charles Wesley we're grateful for the guidance their mother gave them, uh, Susanna. And this is, look, I want to encourage our moms out there. You have no idea what a great ministry you have going. I've heard over the years moms say, well, how can I serve God? I've got all these kids at home. I don't have time to serve God. Moms, listen to me. If you're raising up your kids and you're pouring the Bible into them, there's the, there's the caveat. If you're pouring the Bible into them, teaching them to pray and pouring God into them, you have a great ministry, a fantastic ministry. You have the future of, of America and wherever you're from in your hands. Because God has given you the next generation. Don't think you don't have a ministry. You have a great ministry. Do it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and train up these these witnesses for Christ for the next generation. And for the discouraged mom out there who says, my young one has veered off. My young one has gone away. Let me, let me encourage you in this. If you raise that one in the Word of God and through prayer and pouring your life into them, they will come back. God will bring them back around so you can be encouraged. Your hard work is not going to be for nothing. Don't lose heart. 
the statistics prove it. Uh, and so, and this is again from a common poll. This is not from the poll vault. So understand, this is something that you can grab and spring forward to with now and enjoy. Sorry, I, just, I shouldn't have done that. I'm trying to be a serious moment, I ruined it. But either way, moms, be encouraged. Be encouraged. You're pouring into your kids. You're raising up the next generation. Moms who have lost a kid, be encouraged. Those kids are coming back. Keep praying for them. And again, for those who uh, of you today who who you know don't know the Lord, um, Jesus waits for you right now. Just a matter of confessing your sin, asking Him to forgive you of your sin, telling you believe He died for you on the cross. Receiving that, you'll be born again and a part of the kingdom. And that's really what, again, the heart of this show is not just to equip the saints, yeah. but to bring more saints into the kingdom. Yeah. And be encouraged, moms. We're, we've received lots of stories over the years and known nationally of, of men who have gone astray but came back because the implanted word was there. Amen. And Amen. Came about at the right time. Absolutely. So be encouraged. Don't grow weary in the small things. And uh, don't grow weary of us. Uh, You'll give us a week, and we'll be back next Friday for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM and thewaymedia.net. Follow us on Facebook.